Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience and almost daily podcast about anything and everything weather and science and earth science, and sometimes off-topic material that the creator and host finds interesting. I am the creator and host, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And in just a moment, we'll get to today's material, and I pray that you will enjoy your time here and to help spread the word about Weather Jazz, now available on most mobile podcast apps, as well as on the website, weatherjazz.com. This episode is being produced via the production tools on our host's server, anchor.fm. And if you've ever thought of starting a podcast, take a look at anchor.fm. They make it easy, and best of all, it's free, just like this podcast, Weather Jazz. Hi, everybody. This is episode number 75 for Friday, June 21st, 2019. It is, at least astronomically, the first day of summer. We hit the summer solstice at 11.54 a.m., today. And uh, so that is essentially the point at which the sun is at its greatest northern hemisphere uh, apparent uh, uh, trip, if you will, um, on our globe. Now, as of right this very second, it's on its way back to the southern hemisphere. But in all honesty, because the peak is so gradual Essentially, for all intents and purposes, for those of you who are just casual observers of daylight and that kind of thing, anywhere from two to three weeks before the solstice to two to three weeks after the solstice, there's essentially no discernible difference in terms of the length of daylight, even though there is a difference. For instance, it's a couple of seconds shorter tomorrow, Saturday, compared to today, Friday, but uh, there's no human on earth that can discern that difference. It's it's literally a matter of seconds, uh, not minutes. Now, eventually we'll get back to losing a couple of minutes a day, but that won't occur until late uh, July and early August. And certainly by August, there is a difference. We're starting to see uh, that the sun is going down a little earlier and it's coming up a little bit later. And certainly by September and October, those differences are very, very dramatic. Uh, and so happy summer. And I say that tongue in cheek because really, in terms of a meteorologist, the meteorological summer already began 21 days ago on June the 1st. You see, in meteorology, because of the way the Earth's orbit is and the number of days that there are in the year because of leap year, etc., in order to keep apples to apples and oranges to oranges in terms of daily high temperature and uh, looking at seasonal averages and that kind of thing, the bookkeeping begins on June 1st for the summer months of June, July, and August. And uh, for meteorological autumn, that will begin on September 1st, not September 21st, which is uh, much more significant in the astronomical world, not astrological world. That's something entirely different. Astronomical in, in terms of actual star and earth and sun position, that kind of thing. So there you have it. Uh, happy summer, even though, as far as I'm concerned, that began about uh, three weeks ago. 
but at least it's totally and completely official in every venue, meteorological, astronomical, and uh, not quite there in terms of actual weather itself, because we have been running a little cooler than normal so far for the month of June, to the tune of about two degrees, and obviously much, much, much wetter than normal. Everything is lush and green, so it's great to have a beautiful sunny day today vis-a-vis Nackets, that's N-A-C-I-T-S, not a cloud in the sky for those of you outside the Cleveland market. And it looks like we're going to cut and paste this for a couple of days, and uh, well-deserved days we'll have a chance to see some of that water, the flooding waters that we received uh, yesterday to recede. Now, obviously, Lake Erie is a different story. That's a much more long-term thing. And the lake level, the highest lake uh, levels that we've ever uh, measured in modern times is not because of our recent rains, although that certainly does exacerbate the situation. The lake level was rising long before that, and that because of the snowmelt upstream. There was a very, very uh, tough winter in central Canada, lots of snow, and that snowmelt eventually finds its way through the Great Lakes system. So, yes, it does pass through Lake Superior and ending up on Lake Ontario in time. And uh, our lake levels, hopefully, uh, this summer will slowly come down and offer some relief to the people right up against the shoreline. Well, I have a great uh, question, a viewer or listener question from a gentleman by the name of Mark McNeil, uh, McNellis, rather. And Mark uh, wrote to me uh, via weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And here is his question uh, from the email. Hi, Andre. My question is this. What is the difference between tornadoes and water spouts? On Thursday, June 13th at around 3.30, Geauga County had a report of a tornado. But to me, the air temperature dropping in Cleveland as much as 7 degrees in less than 5 minutes... I wonder if the tornado is actually formed due to the drastic difference in temperature of Lake Erie and the air aloft. The effect or this effect, I thought, causes water spouts. Can you please explain? Uh, so a great question, Mark, and, and a very keen observation. Now, I can't tell you uh, in regards to the Geauga County tornado, and it was indeed a tornado. It was not a water spout uh, for reasons that I'm about to explain. Um, And I suppose it, it might make sense to kind of go backwards and look at the dynamics of water spouts. What causes water spouts? And then let's jump to the tornado that actually formed in uh, not only Geauga County, but this past Sunday. We had one in Cuyahoga County and uh, two touchdowns from the same cell in Trumbull uh, County as well. But let's jump to water spouts. What causes water spouts? And you are correct. It is cool air aloft over the very warm water of Lake Erie. And why is that so unstable? Well, in the uh, autumn months, when the cool air starts coming in aloft, even just aloft, uh, several thousand feet up to 30,000 feet, uh, and you compare that to the air, which is actually warmed by Lake Erie, because the uh, lake retains its heat. Water retains heat a lot longer than air does. And that's why it takes a while for the lake to cool off. In the process, the air right 
up against the lake shore or up against the lake surface warms up. And warm air is more buoyant than cold air. So if you have cold air on top and warm air on the bottom, that air on the bottom is going to want to rise. Warm air likes to rise. And the bigger the difference, the more buoyant the air is. And when you have these parcels of warm air near the lake shooting up into the atmosphere a couple thousand feet, then you have uh, the potential for these eddies to form under the right circumstances. And so that is what causes tornadoes. And also remember, on Lake Erie, there's no friction between the surface of the lake and where the cloud layer is. And so you get these eddies that connect the uh, airflow the very buoyant air rising from Lake Erie to the cloud base. And you can have those cloud bases several thousand feet high, but yet you'll still see a water spout often connected from the cloud base to the, the water. So you have low friction and extremely buoyant air over the lake because of warm lake and cool air aloft. Now, the minute you take that and pull it inland, you lose that buoyancy because uh, no longer do you have a source to warm the surface layer. So let's take uh, a look at the Geauga County scenario. And yes, you're correct. The uh, Cleveland temperature cooled very quickly in a short period of time. But the reason for that is because of the shower and thunderstorm that uh, moved in and produced that cooling. And so the, the cooling was not more of a dramatic uh, or, or more of a uh, cool air aloft uh, scenario moving in. It was actually cooled by the thunderstorm or the shower itself. Uh, number two, you don't have that warm, buoyant air over land because you don't have the warm uh, Lake Erie offering uh, something to warm the air right next to the surface. So the dynamics are something a little bit different. Now, granted, there's a big difference between a weak tornado uh, caused by uh, the tornadic dynamics and, of course, the EF3s, 4s, and 5s that can occur uh, periodically, not often in Ohio, but much more so in places like Oklahoma and uh, Kansas and Nebraska and Iowa and that, that kind of breadbasket area of the country. So the dynamics completely different. It was, in fact, a tornado and not a water spout because the minute you move from the lake surface to the uh, surface of the land, uh, then that dynamic changes and uh, the water spouts that move over land will literally collapse because it loses that buoyant air. And if it does that right next to the lake as it moves inland, uh, something as far inland as Geauga County, even Cuyahoga County, uh, the dynamics have to be different in order for a tornado to form. So I hope that at least begins to answer your question. It was a wonderful question, Mark. I appreciate it. And keep those questions coming. Uh, and Mark had one. He sent it to weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And I also invite you, if you have a, a weather question, a science question that we can dig into together, or any other question for that matter, because periodically... I'll do things completely off topic if I find them interesting and I can answer the question. So weatherjazz at yahoo.com, I'm waiting for your email. I also have the Weather Jazz hotline. It is an audio recording 
telephone number that you can call and leave your message, leave your question, leave your comments, anything that uh, you'd like to talk about. And that number is 330-236-3333. Again, 330-236-3333. Listen to the prompts and uh, start your message as soon as you hear the beep tone. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy the dry air and the long days of sunshine. By the way, as I let you go here on this Friday, the sunset beginning tomorrow, June 22nd, is at 9.05, and it is the latest sunset that we see in the greater Cleveland area until July the 1st. So happy summer, and let's enjoy this dry air. Have a good weekend. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. And if you're listening via a mobile podcast app, such as Breaker, Overcast, Google Podcast, or iTunes, among the many that are out there, remember to subscribe to Weather Jazz so that you'll automatically download the new episodes as I am able to upload them. And please take a moment to offer a review. And every single one of those reviews helps to get the word out. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a program idea, I look forward to hearing from you. The best and the fastest method is via email. My email address is simply weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Weatherjazz and weatherjazz.com is copyrighted, and the Weatherjazz signature is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. I look forward to being with you soon with a brand new episode right here on Weatherjazz. Jazz.